0: but isn't the lda just a way for us to hand over public land to private developers
1: Jesus, you've been listening to the opposition too long Paul. like seriously (laughs) like that is one of their favorite lines of course it's not like why would we give away state-owned land that's just a mental idea
0: hi mary how are you
1: hey paul how are you
0: it's great to have you on the podcast um well, first yeah, of all,
1: like, Actually, <laughs> uh,
0: Normally, when normally when we're we're doing the podcast, I have to give your you official introduction. So, uh, although we know each other so well, I, we we'll we'll do that. Uh, Mary is the Fianna Fáil spokesperson on housing. Uh, she's a senator in in uh, Shannon, uh, you served on Dublin City Council for many many years. Uh, we both soldiered there together, and you really have seen the housing issue, Mary, both from local and from national level, uh, and we both serve together on the housing uh, committee. And uh, I think all of the work that we've been doing in the last 10 months uh, it has really soaked into our heads. And I, what I hope to do today is maybe give you an opportunity to talk about what's really in the Affordable Housing Bill and the Land Development Agency Bill, because there's a lot of spin about it, isn't there?
1: There is, Paul, and you know, you're right, I was thinking about it. Uh, 2004, I was first elected to Dublin City Council and, you know, you know, it was it's the largest local authority in the country. But in that time, like from when I was first elected to last, whatever, 2020, uh, when I was appointed to the Shannon, you know, I saw the state's role in the provision of housing reduce and reduce and reduce. And the housing crisis in Dublin Central, no more than your own constituency, I suppose, it was really acute, you know, people working, people unable to pay rent, people unable to uh, afford our dream of, of buying a home. And it, it, that really eats away, I think, at the fabric of, of our society, of our communities, but also individuals, like it undermines them, it undermines their self-confidence and it undermines their families and all that. So yeah, housing is a huge issue and I'm I'm really, really excited that we're making strategic changes, really radical changes to how the state is gonna provide housing. Um, and we're being ambitious about it. So I'm, uh, uh, we've, you, you know, like we've, we've still a bit of work to do with this legislation and we've a long couple of weeks ahead of us trying to get it through both the Doll and the Shannon. but I'm convinced we will. And I think it's the right thing to do because the social housing, you know, like the, the old city council corporation housing, um, there's been none built, none in my constituency in the last ten years, and now since the government was formed, since Darrell Bryan, our Fianna Fáil minister, went into housing, the biggest social housing program, uh, the biggest social housing building program uh, in a decade is underway. So it's well, about uh, two thousand. It's about two thousand developments fall. Like it's yeah. it's it's well, really,
0: Let's bust some of the myths then, Mary, that, that we've heard. Okay. Right. So the first thing is. Fianna uh, Fáil have been in government for the last 10 years. Like, this is all your problem. What are you doing? You haven't really solved anything.
1: I know. Like, when I hear that line, Paul, I actually have to think the opposition are fighting the last general election. Like, it's such yeah. a bullshit line. Everybody out there knows that Fianna has hasn't been in government. Uh, we haven't, you and I personally haven't been in government, but the party hasn't been in government since 2011 right and that's been one of my big frustrations and it's been one of yours like we've been working hard at a local level and been unable to deliver because we weren't in government now we're in government we're going to deliver so you're absolutely right so and that's that's, ten, the big change. that's the last that's the big 10 change. that's the last
0: 10 years and and no doubt the last general election was all about housing right yeah. so we, we've had a full 10 months under our belt uh what have Fianna Fáil actually done in the last 10 months
1: okay so First of all, we haven't actually been in government for 10 months, so Paul, I think it's important you know, to, to, to keep that in mind, but there's a lot being done in housing. Biggest housing budget in the history of the state, 3.3 billion euros. Uh, significant funding given to the local authorities to get local authorities back into providing housing. So local authorities in the first instance, the quickest thing Darrow Bryan could have done, the government could have done, was give them money to renovate the voids, boarded up units. That's been a huge, huge, Um, immediate uh, impact but the second thing is is we're actually legislating so that the local authorities city council and all the local authorities in the country can actually build affordable homes now that's on top of the social housing program that I mentioned earlier that social housing program as I said it's 2,000 developments about 13,000 homes across the the country in in Dublin central alone I I, I suppose I'll speak to my constituency there's 26 developments all that's going to deliver over 2,000 social homes like city council homes uh, for people, right? So that's great news. That's on underway. It's been slowed down because of COVID, but the money is there. The planning is there. The building is actually taking place. And, and now that COVID is eased, that's recommenced. There's a lot um, of
0: a lot of frustration, Mary, for people who don't qualify for social housing. They earn yeah. just that little bit too much. And I suppose the question is, what does any of the stuff we've done in the last 10 months do to help them?
1: Okay, so the first thing I suppose that we did in, in the last 10 months to help them, though, was to... Uh, sorry, that was a call coming in. Um, but I've, I've, I've gotten... You're never of it.
0: off. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, so we, we put financial protections, and I think this is important, Paul, to recognize, we put financial protections in place for um, renters and for people, you know, uh, paying their mortgages. So that was important during COVID. But most importantly, I suppose, we're, we're now actually having the local authorities, we're going to have them start building affordable homes and affordable homes, not just to purchase, but to rent. So a new cost rental scheme. And the cost rental scheme is a scheme. It's more more of a European type thing, but the two elements to it are that one, your rental home is secure. You have a long-term rent. You know, you're not on a short-term precarious rent. You have a long-term rent. You've got that security of tenure, but your rent is affordable. It will be somewhere between 25 to 40% below the market rents and the reason it'll be like that is because we're going to have the state through the local authorities and approved housing bodies and the land development agency build rental homes to rent as affordable cost rent so
0: that sounds like that vienna model that uh, lots of people are talking about
1: yeah that's it actually absolutely and when you were lord Mayor, you'll remember you hosted like we talked about this at city council and when we tried to push it at City Council, I don't think and we need to go back into the history. But the Minister for Housing at the time certainly didn't want to hear us and, and, and didn't listen. And, 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 and I suppose that was one of the frustrations of us not being in government then, you know, back in. in so 20, so you're, you're, 20, say,
0: you're saying that Fianna Fáil are actually providing c- cost rental long term, least controlled rents for people who don't qualify for social housing.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the 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 legislation is going through at the moment, but even though we haven't yet the legislation pa- passed, we're going to deliver about five hundred affordable cost rental this year. Now we need a massive scaling up of that poll, but it's impossible to scale up until if the legislation passed, we'll have the legislation passed this July, and then we need thousands of them. And and that's why we're setting up the LDA as well. The- land development agency because we do need an agency that can plan for this that can use land like there's a lot of land you know in your constituency and mine owned by the state maybe the HSE the Department of Defense we need to use that land so that we can take the advantage of owning that land the cost advantage and deliver affordable homes that's what's going to make them affordable but,
0: but isn't the LDA just a way for us to hand over public land to private developers
1: Jesus, you've been listening to the opposition too long, Paul. Like, seriously? (laughs) Like, that is one of their favourite lines. Of course it's not. Like, why would we give away state-owned land? That's just a mental idea. The Land Development Agency is a statutory agency that will be accountable to the Minister for Housing, the Minister for Finance, but it will be more importantly, I suppose, not taking from those two fine individuals, accountable to the Oireachtas, to the Dole, to the Public Accounts Committee, um, and, and it will be subject to the freedom of Information and on all of the uh, lobbyist regulations and all of the governance issues that should apply, their remit is really clear. Their remit is to maximize the use of state-owned lands to provide housing, social and affordable housing. It's a vital it's a vital like social um, uh, infrastructure housing. We need to look at it like that. It's, an, it's vital, an essential social infrastructure. It's so essential so
0: what, what, on, a, on a public site, what percentage will be social and affordable in places like Dublin?
1: Well, up to 100%, both, because, like, I mean, we need... Obviously, there will be... Uh, there's a guarantee. One of the other things we're doing is ensuring that there will be a minimum of 20% social and affordable on every site, be it private or public. So that part five will will be there in the mall. But the LDA lands will allow for um, a maximum. It it really will be determined, I guess, in conjunction with each local authority, because you will have different needs in different areas. Some local authorities uh, are in parts of their areas will need a mix of private, affordable rental, affordable purchase and social Others may need, you know, a majority social. So that mix will be determined locally, and that's the right place for it to be determined. Paul, that shouldn't be determined centrally. It okay, should be so, the local so, authorities and the local representatives.
0: So you're saying we've legislation that's going to be passed that will give long term rentals?
1: Yep. We've Secure leg- and affordable. That's the big difference. Yeah,
0: we've legislation that's passed that's going to turn public land into public housing, right? Yep. so, so what if I want to buy a house?
1: Yeah, so if you want to buy a house, a private house, you're talking about like so. No, bill- I
0: it, 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 like there's all this talk about 450,000 being a, a, an affordable, oh, yeah. an affordable house. I want to just buy a, a, a house from the council that's not for profit that I can buy at an affordable rate. Yeah, why don't, so why, don't you, why don't yeah, you Why don't you just yeah, do yeah. that?
1: Yeah, well, that's part of our our affordable housing bill as well. And we're funding that through the local authorities. So we're giving funding directly to local authorities so they can build homes at an affordable price. So I'm when I say affordable, I'm talking about homes starting at 160,0, 170,000 in Dublin. That's that's what we consider, you know, a starting affordable yeah. price, going up to probably about three hundred thousand, depending on the size of the house and the location. But it's the critical part here, Paul, is, is that people will be able to afford these homes, working people on modest incomes will be able to afford these homes and they will be able to purchase them. That's different to what the other opposition parties are, are talking about.
0: Doing. So that sort of sounds like O'Kulon, the idea of AHBs building homes to sell. Uh,
1: yes, absolutely. That's it. And and approved housing bodies or cooperatives like on Coolan, But most uh, also the, the, the local authorities, which haven't been doing this, like back in 2011, when we weren't in government, Those who were in government at the time, you'll remember, abolished affordable housing. They abolished the affordable housing that was provided under part five. And it was a really backward step. So we're we're not only reinstating that part five affordable housing, but we're actually now legislating so that local authorities, approved housing bodies and the Land Development Agency can build homes that are affordable and that people can buy. And that's okay. really important. Okay, and, so, and so, yeah,
0: so you and I know we've passed the legislation, right? So there's people out there yeah. saying, well, why don't you now put your money where your mouth is and back that up with with the funding? So when, when are we going to know the targets? When are we going to know the funding that's behind this?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think it's important to know, Paul, that we already know some, some, some of the funding. Like, there is already, as I said, the biggest housing budget in the history of the state. It's 3.3 billion, okay? And of that... There's about 700 million has already been dedicated to affordable housing. So that's already there, okay? It's in place and it's uh, it's available. And the other thing to keep in mind is the Land Development Agency, which is going to be really involved in the delivery of the affordable homes, both to purchase and rent, they are going to have a budget of another 2.5 billion. So government has already committed an awful lot of funds to this, but more is going to be needed. Like we estimate that we're gonna need somewhere between 30 and 35,000 homes to be delivered every year for the next 10 years. That's that's a lot of homes and and the state needs to provide a good chunk of them. So this July, the minister is actually going to, and the government is going to announce our plan, uh, our our new housing plan, which will take us for the next four years. The next, it'll have a view into the next 10 years, um, housing for all. And that will have multi-annual targets and multi-annual budgets. Because that's how we need to look at this, Paul. You know, housing is something that takes
0: time. I I, I, I think that's been really, the really interesting thing for me is is that the two bills are basically a strategic, long-term redirection of housing to being provided by the state, right? Going to make a
1: difference for decades to come, Paul. Decades, come.
0: In the the same way as the Michael Noonan budget on REITs, yeah. had implications ten years later. This stuff that we're doing now will have implications ten years later in in decades. It, it, I don't,
1: I don't like the comparison because that's such a negative one. I, I you know, I, I, I get uncomfortable. But but it's going to have a positive, you know, one. But that's it. It's yeah. it's almost like the flip side of that. Actually, it's almost like the mirror image that we're doing. So that government, you know, had a had had an agenda that focused on market intervention, market-led provision of housing. Ours is state-led provision of housing, state-led provision of secure, affordable homes. That's the difference. And that's the difference that society needs, Paul. Like we have to do this. It's not for you and I, it's not for even immediately. It's for the generations to come. I've got I've got young adults living with me. My children are young adults now they
0: need to know that they're going to be able to live in the city as well, but they're going to be able to okay. move so, out. So, and... so uh, uh, it's a big area, so I'm, I'm pushing you along, Sorry. right? No, no, no. So, like, we've just talked about the state and public land, right? But there's going to be builders building things on land they own, mm-hmm. right? So, like, isn't Fianna Fáil just letting them off with doing whatever they want?
1: actually you know what it's not even so much about the the builders it's more about I think the young workers the modest income earners who are probably paying not probably are paying more in rent than they are on a mortgage and particularly you know in 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 Dublin in in my own area but I think it's right around the country talking to our colleagues and so what we're doing for them is we're going to financially support them to actually purchase their own home and that's the, the shared equity scheme and it's a really important measure, Paul, because there's a whole there's a whole swathe of people out there who are trapped. They're earning a relatively good wage, but because property has become so unaffordable, they can't they can't actually borrow enough from the bank to secure a mortgage to stop paying in a, a expensive rent and and to reduce their outgoings and and switch to a mortgage. So the shared equity scheme is basically going to Going to uh, allow the government financially support them, and we're going to financially. So
0: support essentially, them. it's a short-term measure until the other su- other supply that you just spent ten minutes talking about uh, comes yeah. on stream.
1: That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's an immediate. Like once once we pass the affordable housing bill, it's something that the banks will be able to start to administer, and it'll be administered through the banks. So it's primarily. To help, as I said, first time buyers, owner occupiers, people who are renting at the moment want to buy their own home. They will go to their mortgage uh, lender. They'll secure a mortgage. And when they secure that mortgage and they find that their mortgage isn't sufficient to reach the full purchase price of the house, they will then be able to apply for the shared equity. That's really important.
0: I think we could probably do a whole session on how the shared equity thing works, yeah. and maybe, okay. maybe you know, maybe you can come back again, and we can go through some examples. Because I think when it passes, it is going to help help a lot of people, right? But Absolutely. let let me uh, let me ask again. If we go to Twitter, right? Uh, some of our, our opponents are saying the ESRI hated the central bank hate it. It's uh, the, reports in the, the UK say it just inflates prices. You're doing this so you can help the developers.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's what they've said, and, and it's really disingenuous, I'd say actually dishonest, um, that, and, and those who have laid those accusations to start with, because you know, Paul, that I met with yourself and, and the Joint Roptus Committee with the ESRI, and so we heard what the ESRI had to say about the Shared Equity Scheme, and they very clearly said that their commentary on the Shared Equity Scheme was based on a Shared Equity Scheme in the UK. It actually their commentary was given at a time when our shared equity scheme wasn't even confirmed. So they couldn't have commented on this shared equity scheme. They also said that, the shared, that their commentary was based on everything else remaining static, like no changes on the supply side of our housing uh, uh, situation. And as I've just spent the last 10, 15 minutes explaining to you, we're doing the majority of what we're doing is actually all on the supply side. You know, getting the local authorities, building affordable homes, getting the land development agency, uh, building affordable homes, all of that supply side stuff. The, the ESRI clearly said we're, we're not taking anything into account there.
0: So when Dara Dine O'Brien published the details of the shared equity scheme, do you think it answers some of those criticisms?
1: Uh, absolutely, because the, 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 it, it absolutely did, because there's, mitigate, there's there's controlling features to the shared equity scheme. First of all, as I said, the people who can apply for it will not own other properties. That was the case in the UK. There were people who owned other properties um, in, in the UK availed of the scheme. The other thing is, is that people in the UK were able to uh, avail of it even though they hadn't reached the maximum of their mortgage uh, borrowings. In our case, you have to, as I said, reach your maximum mortgage borrowing and then you can avail of the shared equity. But the other uh, controlling factor is that ours will be applied to new built homes only. So it's going to stimulate the building of new homes. There's about 80,000 planning applications out there that uh, are unactivated. So this is going to trigger that. And the second and the the last thing is is that it's also going
0: to... um, be, Oh, what was my last point on it? Well, let, let, completely black. Well, look, it, 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 there's so much. But let me ask. Let, let me ask you then the question. So, like in in terms of in terms of the shared equity scheme, okay, you're saying that there's regional price caps. Yeah. You're saying, that, but there's going to be the, the, one, the regional price cap that yeah.
1: was it, Paul. But, sorry, but, but, the regional price. There's, cap,
0: going, yeah. there's going to be young people, Mary, that are going to be really disappointed that can't buy a second hand home with this scheme. And I suppose our answer to them is essentially uh, for all of the reasons that the ESI and and others potentially criticised the scheme, if we did that, all we would do would inflate the price of second-hand homes because there's no new supply coming on in the second-hand home market. So it 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 has to... That
1: that, that would have been rocket fuel. That would have been dynamite. That would actually really screw the us first-time buyers if we did that that would have been disastrous it would have immediately turbocharged the sale of uh, second-hand homes so no that's it that's why we have it limited to new built homes because we want to do two things we want to support young people new homeowners to actually buy a home but we also want to stimulate more house building and that's that's so it's
0: if Fianna Fáil had a really wanted to be populist, we would have opened it up for the second-hand market.
1: Absolutely. Okay. If, as our detractors like to say, we're friends of the developers and friends of you know being property owners and that, we would have. But we're not. Okay. That's not what it's about.
0: Okay. I'll come back to that actually at the end. So then we we have the private sites, right? Yeah. So yeah. they've got they've got at the moment we they have to they have an obligation to give ten percent under the Part Five, which is sort of where the. Local authority gets it at the existing use value rather than the developed value, right? Yeah. Um, so, so that used to be higher, and then now it's ten percent. So, what's Feenafall doing about that? And then, what are we doing to make sure owner occupiers and first time buyers get uh, a fair shake against people with uh, with bigger amounts of money to be able to buy?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, it's a really important point. And so, that shared equity loan scheme will apply to. It uh, will be available for if you're borrowing or if you're borrowing to buy a house either from the local authority or if you're borrowing to buy from a private private developer. So that's the first thing, there's the financial support there to help them do it. The second thing is is you're right, back in 2011, the government at the time abolished the requirement on private developers to uh, provide 10% affordable homes. They only, they they kept it at 10% social homes, which are provided at a discount to the local authority, and that's welcome. We're protecting that, but we're actually doubling it, we're increasing it to 20% and that additional 10% should be affordable homes. So affordable homes for people who are earning above the social income housing thresholds and uh, who can avail of the uh, shared equity scheme if they want. But we're going beyond that because obviously there's a big concern that there's investment funds coming in and, and buying up new homes and new estates. So What we're doing there is every new development from a planning perspective, we're going to give local authorities the power to reserve up to 50% of every new development for owner-occupiers. And we're saying owner-occupiers, it is largely first-time buyers, but there are people as well, and you'll know this, Paul, you'll have constituents like me who maybe their marriage broke down, there had been a family home, so they did have a property ownership previously, but they don't any longer. So it'll, they, they'll be able to avail of it too. And that's really important. Um, but we're also banning the bulk buying of uh, homes uh, in any new development, homes and duplexes in any new development uh, of more than five properties. And that's important too, Paul. It's really important. Okay, because- so,
0: so, so now... Uh, uh, the, your average uh, your average Twitter user is sitting at home and they're scratching their head, Mary, right? Because they're being told on Twitter that Fianna Fáil are the party developers, they're the party of the market, they're the party that are uh, leaning into profit, right? And yet you've told me we're taking public sites, we're building below-cost housing, we've rent-controlled apartments, we're... Um, Using that site, a hundred percent of the units in places like Dublin will be will, will be public housing. We're increasing the obligation on developers compared to what Labour and uh, Fianna Gael did. We're ring fencing fifty percent of homes on private sites for, for, for and we're, re- we're regulating them and we're banning bulk bulk purchase. So where where is all the opposition coming from? In terms of the noise that Finafall are pro developer, because if it, everything you said is true, I've seen. It I've been is in the true. Committee. Yeah, I, I'm in the. I'm in the committee. I'm reading the legislation. So why are our critics saying this?
1: I think our critics are better at social media than we are. I think they dominate uh, Twitter. Uh, Twitter's, uh, you know, Finafall predates uh, Twitter. Predates social media. Uh, we're what ninety ninety five years old as as, as an organisation. Well, it really goes to the core of what Fianna Fáil is about, you know, like Fianna Fáil as a party, right from the very foundation of our party, you know, when, when Fianna Fáil was founded, it was founded to use democracy, use democratic parliamentary processes so that we could actually progress our republic and progress it in a in a way that delivers for our citizens. And you can't have a more essential requirement than having a roof over your head, having a secure place to call home and through the decades Fianna Fáil has always built homes we've always delivered homes for our people we introduced the first public housing for social housing we've always prioritized funding of social housing um and and affordable housing and we believe in the right of home ownership so if you know if you go in Dublin Cabra, Drumcondra, Merino, Finglas you know Crumlin it, it, Fianna Fáil built, built the public housing, the public housing that people live in today. And that's now all privatized. You know, Paul, like Fianna Fáil believes that every inner republic, we all deserve equal opportunity and we all given that equal opportunity can succeed. And that's well, what the party is about.
0: If we believe that, then why shouldn't we? Why don't we put that in the Constitution?
1: That's what I'm fighting for, Paul. That's what I'm campaigning for. I, 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 uh, in, in, I, par-
0: in fairness, I totally teed up that question for you, Yeah, didn't you have, <laughs> you have,
1: and, and I'm not, not going to stop you there. Look, <laughs> we have to do it, in my opinion. You know I think this, Paul, and I've, I've been talking to uh, the Parliamentary Party about it. I'm really hoping that in uh, before the summer break, uh, I'm going to get an opportunity to raise the issue formally as a motion in the Shannon. Uh, to my mind, to your mind, I, I, I think to all of our our minds in Pianna we understand the value of a home. I think COVID actually has made it very clear to everybody how important having a secure place to call home is. It's the place we've all gone to for protection during COVID. And I fundamentally believe that we need to never allow the state fall behind the way it has over the last decade in the provision of housing. We have seen how damaging it has been to our society and to our country. It is not just a, a social imperative, it's a social and economic, a moral and a political imperative, in my opinion, that we as a party take the lead uh, on a, a constitutional amendment to Bunrock Heron to insert the right to housing as a basic human right in our constitution yeah. it's consistent with and, our, and, our country's and, position
0: and, for... and it, it is referencing the program for government uh, there might be different views within the coalition on that and i know it's going to go to the uh an elect uh, uh commission in the same way as other constitutional changes have got have yeah. gone to a commission but i think there's a very strong voice within fianna Fáil to make sure that that right to housing is and that doesn't mean everybody gets a free house, or uh, people can take take you to court if you don't have a house. But it's about balancing property rights versus the right to a house.
1: Absolutely, that's what it's about, Paul. And, and but, but most critically, and, and this is the important part about putting it in Bunratty Heron. It means that when a future government comes along and has a different political agenda, they will be compelled to have reference to the state's obligation to provide secure, affordable accommodation for their citizens and that's really important because we've seen how the last 10 years where where, where there was a different approach and there has been an under delivery of housing how it's now how we're we're paying for it we're making strategic changes we're making ambitious radical changes with our legislation with our policies and our budgets around housing we will deliver on them over the next four years and that will and, and i believe if they are continued after that four years will they will deliver for generations to come the way we copper fasten that the way we know that when you and i are gone whatever down in you know glass pushing up daisies that that the state will continue to deliver it is put it in the constitution put it in there get a mandate from the people and let's say we as a state as a society that's a value that we subscribe to and we subscribe to for the future for our children for our children's children that's the type of society I believe that most Irish people want to
0: want to live in. OK, Mary, let me ask you the final question. Okay. Um, look, uh, you and I are in a very short term business, which is politics, because every five years,
1: precarious, Paul, precarious. Yeah,
0: yeah, every five years, you have to you have to get elected, sometimes um, more often. Right. And so you're going to be judged by what's happening here. Right. So you have your own reputation. OK, yeah. so you've talked about these being long term term issues. I suppose I'm in the same boat, right? So I'm going to ask you a question I've been asking myself. Um, do you trust Fianna Fáil to deliver on the ho- on housing in this government?
1: I do. Absolutely. 100%. I believe that Fianna Fáil is going to deliver on housing. And the reason I believe it is because we've done it before. We've done it before in, in much worse economic circumstances. When our country was on its knees, when it was the poor country of Europe, we're a rich country, we're a developed country. Just see how we have responded to COVID. Just look how agile, how creative, how resilient we've been. Paul, I absolutely believe we've got the capacity to do it. But more importantly, I know that we have the will to do it. We have the will to do it. And let me ask, and this, let me ask our party's value.
0: Let me ask you the second part of that question. Do you believe that these two pieces of legislation that you've spent so much time uh, looking at and working on together do you believe they're the right pieces of legislation to deliver what you want, what Fáil wants?
1: Absolutely. They're radical, they're ambitious, they're making strategic changes for the state's role. It, this has to be state-led. It has to be state-led. If we're going to fix our dysfunctional housing system, it has to be led by the state. It can't all be fixed by the state, but it has to be led by the state. If the state isn't taking a lead and demonstrating a commitment to invest in fixing this problem, we cannot expect private money to do it. It's it's unrealistic. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Mary, and it would If, if, if
0: anybody was listening, they think Jesus, there's McAuliffe and Fitzpatrick. You think they were solving the housing crisis just between them? We should give oh. a we should give a shout out to our minister for housing. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs>
1: yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Like, really, yes.
0: like yeah, yeah. I, I think one thing I've seen with Dara is. Um, uh, like really from the first week when he went in there and he pulled all the officials together uh, and said to them housing was going to be the number one issue uh, when he established the affordable housing unit in the department. Imagine we had no affordable yeah. housing unit in the department be, be, before that. And in terms of how he's been he's been combative with some of the misinformation about this bill as well. Like, uh, to be fair, I think Dara's done a really, really good job. And I think his his difficulty is going to be, or his challenge is going to be, He's got to make, need to make sure that so many other people now come on board, the approved housing bodies, the local authority managers, councillors in every, in, in every county, to make sure that we convert this legislation and funding into actual re- real homes. But I, I I think Dara's up for that. I, I, he's not someone that's going to sit back. I don't, I don't think he hasn't sat back. I don't, think he, I don't
1: know if man has sat down since he took office, <laughs> like to be fair to him, you know. And, and, you know, yeah, you and I might that ways, does that. Like, doesn't, that
0: doesn't mean we think he's a saint or he's perfect either, yeah, no, like none any of us. us.
1: Clear yeah. me, me. None, none of us are. But most importantly, and I think this is the point I, that I was going to make, is, is that none of us alone can fix this, Paul. Like, we can't. Like, to be fair, Dara is talking about the rubber hitting the road. But like, he's sad. But he's also, like, he's engaged us. He's engaged the wider party. He's engaged our partners in government in this. There's three parties in this government. It's not, you know, we can't do it on our own because we didn't have a majority to do it. But I think that's also really important, Paul, that we we are being constructive, we are being ambitious, we are being radical. And I think it is the polar opposite of what the opposition are doing. And I think it's deeply cynical, dishonest, but incredibly corrosive and destructive how they are dishonestly undermining and trying to stop these these changes that are going to make lasting long-term radical changes for people's lives like providing people using state using all the state's assets to provide people with affordable secure and affordable homes and the opposition are you know doing all they can to stop it It shows what their priorities
0: are. Yeah, Look, and there are different parties in opposition, but do you think that some of those that are more cynical than others fear we actually might deliver on this one?
1: Oh, I think I think they all fear. They all fear that that we will deliver on it and they're right to because we're going to.
0: Well, Mary, that's a good way to end uh, the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I think we'll definitely have you on again to maybe talk through the for, for shared equity scheme. We might get uh, Dara on with us, with us too. We, we, our normal episode length might double in that one, but look, thanks again and thanks for your time.
1: Great. Thanks, Paul.
0: And thanks to all of you for tuning in uh, for what was another episode of our podcast. If you have ideas about topics you want us to cover, drop me an email and we'll see you all again soon.